Hi, this is Lindy, the creator and host of Lindy's Audio Cafe, a podcast focused on positive and thought-provoking stories. Life gets busy, and in the race for happiness, we sometimes forget it's often the smaller things in life that truly matter. My podcast is focused on the stories that don't make tabloids, the basics that make you smile, the kindness of people who help make the world a better place. Yeah, we need a bit more of that. But before we get started, please be sure to hit subscribe on your podcast app so you don't miss future episodes. Thanks for listening. I was always led to believe it was customer service, not customer survey. Well, hello there and welcome to Lindy's Audio Cafe. My name is Lindy and I'm absolutely delighted to join you once again today. And today I'm going to be chatting about customer surveys. Hmm, yeah, we all seem to be getting bombarded with those lately. Have you noticed when you go into a grocery store, department store, many retail outlets that when you're done your transaction, you get a copy of your receipt like I've got here. And at the bottom of your receipt, there is a little bit of a spot where you can go online and you can fill out a survey. Quite often, I'll notice that the person at the cash register will actually mention it to me. And they'll say, hey, if you go on there and you fill out that survey, you can win some points. And if you really like my service, maybe mention my name. (laughs) I never actually mind doing that. And I don't mind them asking me about it. And the reason I don't mind is because at the till, usually it takes them five seconds, ten seconds max to tell me about it. It takes me two seconds to say yay or nay. And I don't have to do it on the spot. It's up to me when I go home whether or not I want to complete that survey. And I will say that if I've had really good service in the store that day, I actually go out of my way to try to do it, provided it's not a long, long, lengthy survey. If I've had bad service in the store that day, I typically tend to just not fill out the survey. You know, it's that old thing like my mom said, if you don't have anything nice to say, why say it at all? So, is that the right approach to it? I'm not really sure. Did they put that survey out there because they really want my feedback? Yeah, in most cases. In a lot of cases, it's coming from an upper corporate office, some upper management that doesn't have that direct connection with the customer. So they're hoping that by compiling comments, they can get a great global approach to understanding what's going on in their corporation. Hence the good old survey that shows up on the bottom of your cash register receipt. Now, what happens when you call into a call help center? You know, maybe you're looking for some help with a warranty item or something. You've sat on hold for the last 15, 20 minutes. You finally get through. Takes you a whole bunch of time to get through the call. Now you're 40 minutes into the call. and At the end, they say, oh, do you mind hanging on the line? We have a survey that we'd like you to complete. Well, in most cases, I don't want to be bothered at that point. If I've had to hold on the phone for a long time before I get to that point, Last thing I want to do is sit on a survey call at the end. I'm usually done, ready to get off the phone. I don't want to deal with any more surveys. And then I get my email. You know, you give out your email of when you're dealing with customer service or customer support. Then you start getting all these emails asking for surveys after. I don't want to do them all. There's just too many of them. Now, I don't mind when I'm sent a survey and it's really short. Like if I click on it and it's only got three or four questions and then I can be done with it, I don't mind that as much because it really is only one click, two click, yes, no, yes, no, a chance to input my information and then I'm done. I don't mind that. 
but it's when somebody's coming to me and they want all this information. I mean, like I've done some retail ones. Well, when did you shop? What time of day? Which department were you in? Did you find the product you were looking for? Did you find the price for this product high or low? Or would you say it was medium? And then going to the next department, what did you shop for? Did you find this price high or low? Blah, 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 blah. blah. And it goes on like that. I've had those surveys and it's like, I don't know. If I've got a big long receipt and it's got everything from drugstore items to fruit to vegetables to yogurt to meat and I've also stopped off and picked up some batteries on the side and perhaps I ended up getting some laundry soap in the other end. I can't really answer all those questions because it was about so many different products. So the most I can do is really answer about in general where the price is good and was I happy with the service. But all these itemized questions, to me, it's just too much. Is it supposed to be customer service or customer survey? Now, customer care or client care, as we like to call it, has been around for years. This is nothing new. Sure, we didn't have the internet when I was growing up. We didn't have it when I had my first job in retail. But we knew that there was a way of marking whether or not people were happy. It was pretty simple. If you gave good service, they came back. If you did a good job for somebody, your name was passed on. Word of mouth advertising was really one way of measuring your survey results back in the old days. Has that changed? Not really. I mean, I think of it now, and if you go into a business or a place, and if they do a really good job for you, chances are you're going to pass their name on. And if they do a crappy job and somebody asks you about them, you're not going to recommend them. I think being a customer should be survey enough. Just going to share a quick story with you here about customer service and where a survey would not have mattered. So a couple of years ago, my partner and I went out to eat at a higher-end restaurant. Now, this is not something that we do very often. In fact, for me, eating out at a place like that is probably once a year, you know, special occasion. Uh, not something we do on an everyday basis. So we'd gone to the trouble of making a reservation for 6.30 p.m. We arrived a few minutes early and we were told that our table wasn't ready yet. We sat down and waited in the front end, and we were in the front lobby waiting for over half an hour before they finally sat us. As a matter of fact, we had to go up and ask how our table was coming along before they found room for us. I think we were forgotten. But then we got inside the restaurant, we sat down, and it was probably like at least another 20 minutes before somebody finally came by the table. They came and took our drink order and never came back. Yeah, that wasn't so good. So it was probably about an hour and 10 minutes, I believe, after we had arrived there when we finally gave up. The menus were looking pretty good. We were getting hungry, and I thought if I got any hungrier, I was going to be chewing on the menu next. So best we leave. I'm not a goat. So we left the restaurant, and as we were just getting to the door, I remember seeing our server come running out. I've got your drinks. I've got your drinks. Well, it was just a little bit too late at that point. So we said, thanks very much, we appreciate that, but obviously you guys are too busy for us tonight, we'll come back another time. And what did we do? We went down the highway, we found this great little pub, we went inside, everybody's in plaid shirts and blue jeans, pretty much dressed the way we always do. We hopped up on a bar stool, had a burger and a Coca-Cola, and in no time at all we had full bellies and were headed home. <laughs> and you know what? We had a great night actually, that was super 
On the way home that evening, we had a good chuckle and we said, isn't that funny? You know, we get all dressed up, go sit in this fancy restaurant for over an hour and can't even get a glass of water. And then we go to this little highway pub. We have just amazing service, great food, good entertainment. And we probably could have saved ourselves a little gas money and just gone to the pub in the first place. (laughs) Oh, well, you know, we had a good chuckle about it. The evening turned out great and that's what it was all about for us. The next day, I get a phone call from the manager of the fancy restaurant, and she wants to apologize for what happened. She hears that we had left the restaurant, and she says, you know, my server just really didn't know that you guys were in a hurry. And I said, well, we actually weren't in a hurry, but once you start passing the one-hour mark and somebody hasn't even had a drink yet, I think that's a little bit too long. And she kind of paused and said, oh, that's true. Well, we want to make it up for you, so next time you come out, I'm going to offer you a free dessert. Just leave your name at the counter and you can get that free dessert. Hmm, free dessert at a restaurant that probably charges more for a glass of wine than the actual cost of the bottle in the store. Yep, free dessert is really enticing. So anyway, I thanked her for the phone call and hung up. But no, we did not go back to that restaurant. And I'm glad they didn't send me a follow-up survey because I don't think I could have given them any kind of a star rating. I think they just didn't understand it. I had a crappy deal at a car dealership here a couple of years ago and it did not leave a good impression with me. Absolutely not. I had called these guys ahead of time and told them I was looking at trading my car in for a small truck. I was pretty excited. They'd found the truck that I was looking for on their lot. It was gently used, exactly what I was looking for. So I drove over to this dealership. I showed up. They took my car in to have a look at it and assess it, see what I could get for trade-in. And the typical situation, while they're assessing my car, I took the truck out for a little bit of a test drive. When I came back, I did point out to the sales agent that there was dog hair on the back seat. Um, There was coffee spilt inside the little cup holders, and there was some kind of goopy stuff on the sunroof. I don't know what it was. It looked like glue or something. Oh, my salesperson assured me that what had happened was the truck had just arrived there, and they had not had a chance to properly detail it yet. And he said to me, well, we're inside the dealership doing the paperwork. This will be in the shop, and they're going to finish cleaning it up. He said they've already serviced it. All the safety inspections are done. It's ready to go. It just needs to be cleaned. Well, that sounded pretty good to me. So after that long day of negotiations and getting the paperwork all done, uh, five o'clock rolls around, and I've got the license plate in my hand. I'm getting ready to get my truck. So we go out, the truck has now been brought around to the side of the shop, and as I go to get in it, I look up to see when the first service is going to be due on it. You know, they always have that little sticker in the window, and it tells you when to bring it back, but there wasn't one of those. So I mentioned it to my salesman, and I said, hey, out of curiosity, when does this do for a service? Because usually that little sticker's in the window. And uh, his reply to me was, oh my goodness, they must have forgot to put that on the shop. I'm going to take the truck around. I'm just going to run it into the shop and get that put on for you. I have to get one of the mechanics to do it. Okay, that sounded pretty good to me. And he took off with the truck so fast, he flew out of there with my purse and my cell phone on the seat. I had to go in the front and ask somebody to go retrieve it back for me. I don't really want my cell phone riding around in somebody's car in the back. Okay, so I get my cell phone and my purse back. I'm waiting for the truck. And it probably was a good 15, 20 minutes before he came back. 
I wasn't sure what took so long, but I thought, oh, well, maybe he's waiting for the right mechanic to fill in that little sticker. I'm assuming a salesperson can't do that. So the truck comes around front. It's now getting later. I think we're pushing 5.30, 20 to 6 at this point. It's been a long day. So as I'm getting ready to get in the truck, I open up the passenger door to put my purse and my cell phone and stuff on the seat again. I close it and I kind of catch a glimpse of a bit of a spot on the front right side. But we're in the shade there, you know, on the side of the building. And I looked at the salesman and I said, hey, what's that spot over there? I don't remember that. And he says, oh, it's nothing, it's nothing, that's going to come off really easy, you know, they'll just wash off, buff off, not a big issue. And he really skirts around it. And I have to admit, I should have given it more time and had a second look at it at that point, but I didn't. I was exhausted. I was hungry. And I don't do well when I've gone eight and a half hours without a snack in my tummy. I just knew I wanted to get out of there and get home. So I hopped in the truck. I'm all excited now. I've got my truck drive out of there, go home, pull in the driveway. As I get out of the truck, my partner comes out to meet me and I'm about to show him the truck and I go, oh my goodness, that spot on the front is way worse than I realized. And I could see it differently now. The sun was beating down on it. There was no shade on the side of the truck and I could see it in a whole different light. There clearly was a scrape on the front end. It was right above the front tire. It's probably about, I don't know, six inches around. And it's just some white scraping against the black paint. But clearly, they had either run into something with my truck or somebody had run into the truck. But it was something that was not there when I test drove it in the morning. And I know that because I had done a walk around on that vehicle. I had pointed out a dent in the bumper in the morning when I made the offer on it. And there was no other visible marks. I had not seen it partner standing out there and he's got the dipstick in his hand and he's holding it and looking at it and going check this out there's hardly any oil in this truck and I'm going what do you mean there's hardly any oil they serviced it he's going there's no way this was serviced you come and look at this engine I get over I look at it it's filthy you don't have to be a mechanic to know when an engine is dirty and it was dirty I'm going ah uh, yeah that doesn't look very good so my partner asked me if I had even looked at the engine and I said no He asked me, why not? Wouldn't I want to see that if I'm buying it? And I said, not particularly, because I took their word for it that it had been serviced and it had had all the safety inspections done for it. I trusted them and I believed them. Well, my partner was not very happy and said, you've just been taken advantage of. He was right. I had been. It was well past closing time now for the dealership. So I got on the email and I sent them a note basically saying I'm going to be back first thing in the morning. We have more than the vehicle damage to deal with. We have a vehicle that was sold to me as serviced and it's not. First thing the next morning I got up, I stopped by a local lube shop and I asked them to not do anything to the vehicle if they could simply just open up the hood on it, have a look at it and verify what they saw. And they came around the corner and said, you don't have any oil in this thing. It's really due for a top-up. I'm like, I know. Do you think this engine's been serviced? And they're like, no, this engine is not serviced. And I'm like, great. I don't want you guys to do anything to it. That's all I needed. And I had them document that on an invoice for me. And I took that with me and I left the lube place. And I'm going to give those guys credit at the lube place because they didn't even charge me for looking at it. They understood what had happened to me and I didn't tell them what dealership had done it to me. I just said that I had bought it off a dealership 12 hours prior and I was needing to take it back. 
Uh, they were pretty understanding. No charge sent me on my way. So I arrive at the dealership where I bought the truck from, and I go in there with this invoice in my hand, and I say to them, I just want to show you guys that the truck that you sold me yesterday has not been through your shop. It was not serviced, and I have that to deal with as well as the scrape on the front. Well, the salesman that I was dealing with said, Oh, oh, let me take the truck and I'm going to take it back into our shop and I'll have them verify whether it was serviced or not. I'll get them to check the oil and everything. I'm thinking to myself, nice try, buddy. I know what's going to happen is they would have taken it back in that shop, probably thrown some oil in it and told me that I was wrong. That was what was happening in my mind. I thought, this is not happening. And so I held up the invoice that I had and I said, look at this. I've had this verified at another shop. There is hardly any oil in this. This was not serviced. You guys have been dishonest with me and I don't want this vehicle anymore. Please give me back my car. Well, it was getting a little bit interesting by that point. The finance manager comes running out of his office. I'm so sorry, there's a miscommunication. Maybe they thought it was done. Maybe somebody thought it got done and there's just been a miscommunication. I said, there's no miscommunication. My salesperson took that vehicle back in the shop and had that service sticker put on it. How do you put a service sticker on there telling people when the next service is due when you haven't even touched the engine? That is just plain being dishonest. Well, now everybody's kind of looking at each other and the finance manager, who was a really nice guy, says, I know how we can help you. How about if we take that vehicle and we can take it to a body shop, we'll get that spot fixed on the front, and you can take it to any shop that you want and we'll pay the bill on it. And he said, and then that way you can still have the truck, but these things will be dealt with. I'm going, no, you don't get it. I spent eight hours in here getting this truck yesterday. Here I am today. Now I have to take more time from my schedule to go and deal with the body shop, more time from my schedule to go and deal with having it serviced. Plus, I don't have any faith in your dealership. None whatsoever. I don't trust you guys. I don't trust this vehicle. I don't even want to deal with you right now. Ah, they went back in their office. There was a little bit of more chatting. They came back out and the deal was reversed. I got my car back. They took the truck back. And I really hoped when I left that dealership that they would have learned a lesson on that, that you can't do that to people. You can't treat people like that. And just because I was a woman, I hate to say this, but it made me feel like they tried to pull that off on me because I was a woman doesn't mean that you can pull the wool over my eyes. An unserviced vehicle is an unserviced vehicle. A sticker in the window doesn't tell you it's serviced when the oil is sitting low in the engine. I still get mad telling that story and I'm sure you can probably tell I was. So it was a disappointing experience for me because I like to put trust in people and I like to have a little bit of faith that when they're selling you a product, that they're being honest about it, but there was nothing honest about that transaction. I ended up going to another dealership to deal with trading my car in for a truck, and I won't spend too much time on this one other than to say that it was pretty good service there until the deal was done, and that became a bit of a disappointment. As soon as the deal was done, it was like the salesperson said to me on his way out of the showroom, 
Oh, by the way, he said,、uh, if you see a survey, please don't forget to fill it out. I'd really appreciate it. And then he was gone. I didn't see him again. In the meantime, the paperwork I had in front of me had the wrong VIN number on it. It was for a vehicle that was a different color. The insurance person caught it, so we had to go back and get that fixed and get that sorted out. That took a little bit more time. But I wasn't upset about that. No big deal. I've made mistakes. You know, when I'm working and things can happen when people are busy or get interrupted, that's when mistakes happen. Not the end of the world. It got corrected. And it wasn't anyone trying to be dishonest. It was just a plain old human mistake. That's okay. But their follow up wasn't very good after. The salesperson was aware that I had bought undercoating on it through their dealership. And there was a little bit of a problem with the undercoating, and it delayed my getting my truck on time. So I let the salesperson know that that had been an issue. I wasn't complaining, just keeping him in the loop, letting him know that there was a delay in my getting the vehicle. He never did call back to find out if I got it or had it been resolved. He didn't follow up on that at all. But then all of a sudden, out of the blue, I start getting emails from him and I start getting texts from him saying, I need that survey. Do you mind filling out that survey, please? Hmm. I'm thinking to myself, funny that he never called back and followed up when he knew I was having a problem with a product on the truck. But he's really quick to follow up when he wants that survey. And I ended up addressing that with him because he had hounded me quite a bit, like to the point where I think I'd been probably asked anywhere between four and six times to get him that survey. Why am I getting customer surveys before I actually get customer service? Finally, I had to tell him to stop bugging me. Listen, buddy, you didn't give me any sales support after you had my money. Why am I going to fill out a survey saying you did a great job? I can't. Because when you make a sale, the sale doesn't just stop the moment that you have someone's money. It's how you handle that customer right up to the time they have that product or service. And if they have an issue, what you do to help them at that point is part of the sale. It's not just get the money, run, give me a survey. He blew it. Well, that dealership proved that they really didn't care about the customer after the fact because a couple of years later I wanted to sell that truck. Nothing wrong with it, it's just that times had changed. I no longer needed a truck, gas was getting to be a little bit more expensive, and I had a hip acting up. It was getting hard for me to get in and out of that truck, and no point in me having a vehicle that's expensive to run and、uh, hard to get in and out of if I'm not using it as a truck anymore. So I want to sell it, I contact the dealership, and all I asked them for was to tell me. If the warranty that was remaining could be transferred to someone, and could they please get me a copy of the spec sheet that shows all the bells and whistles that were on that truck? I needed that so that I could list it properly when selling it privately. I couldn't get any of that information from them. I couldn't get a spec sheet, and I couldn't get my warranty information. I believe it was at least three phone calls to that sales department. Everybody would take a message, nobody would get back to me. The last call, they told me, you need to call the finance department to ask about the warranty. I called the finance department two separate occasions after that and left messages. I just want to know if my warranty is transferable. I can't find it in the package. Nobody got back to me. Okay, so I get that. They definitely do not give you service after they've got your money. But then the funny part about that is somebody in sales caught wind of the fact that I was thinking of getting rid of my truck. 
And now the parade of phone calls started. Hi, this is so-and-so calling from such-and-such dealership. I understand you might be getting rid of your truck. Would you like to talk to me about trade-in prices? And I think I got at least three phone calls asking if I was interested in trading in. I got a couple emails and I finally had to say, hey guys, please don't contact me anymore. Because to be honest with you, I didn't want to deal with them. Why would I go back to a dealership that didn't give me support after the sale? Just didn't make sense to me. And you call that service? I didn't sell it privately. I traded it in on a car. And I am so happy with the car that I got. Believe me, I'm not regretting it at all. But what was hard for me with that was, as much as I was really excited about the car, there was this little pit in my stomach and this feeling that it just hadn't been a very good transaction. I had to fight for what I had paid for. And that shouldn't happen. After all, I wasn't asking for anything extra. I just wanted what we had agreed upon at the time I signed the paper. I got a text message from their sales manager and kudos to him. Uh, With a little bit of heated discussions, he had heard us. He understood where we were coming from and he went to bat and he was able to offer a little compensation to help smooth the waters on that situation. He was a smart guy. He recognized that I had not had good service and he recognized the impact it was having on me. I was their customer and I had stressed to him that the whole reason I came back to their dealership was because I had dealt with their service department multiple times and I liked their service department. The ladies that they had on the front desk there were always so nice and so friendly. They made me feel so welcome when I came there. That was a good reason why I had come back there. He made amends. He made it right. He came through had a situation with another auto dealership years ago and it was just a case of where the salesperson wasn't hearing me. It was all about him and not about me. I had told him what car I wanted. I was trying to do the paperwork on it and he kept trying to upsell me on another car and I think I said to him at least three times, no please I do not want this higher end car. I just want this car. I'm a young mom. This is what works with my budget. And I think after about the third time I told him I don't want the fancier car, he just looked at me and said, why aren't you getting your old man to get it for you then? I remember being so offended and I got up and said, because my old man, as you're calling him, is not here doing any deal for me. This is me. This is my car. And I don't want the fancier car. This is what I want. But you don't seem to be able to hear me. So I don't think we can do business today. And I got up and left. And the funny part about that, he was pushing me that day to get the higher-end car and he clearly told me that he wanted me to get the higher-end car because he was just a little bit short on his quota. And if I could get the higher-end car, he would meet his quota. Holy cow, bud. That had nothing to do with customer service. It had to do with his quota. When did the onus of top sales of the month become the customer's responsibility. I've been involved in real estate transactions since the age of 21. Yeah, I'm pretty lucky. I was from that generation where we were able to buy into property at a fairly young age. Just had to work hard. Actually, in my case, I think I worked two or three jobs one summer, saving up for that down payment. But it was pretty nice to have that condo at the age of 21. Hence, now I'm in my mid-50s. I bought and sold a few properties since then, and I worked with some really great agents, and 
I worked with a couple that got kind of lackadaisical from time to time. I had one deal where the sales agent didn't even show up on my closing day. And I had to keep getting in touch to say, hello, like I'm supposed to have possession today. Where's my keys? I'd been forgotten about. But that agent didn't forget to send me a survey. I still got that survey in the email. And then I had a case where I took possession of a place and appliances weren't working on the day we took possession. And that realtor made no effort to go to bat for me, none whatsoever, and basically said, oh, sorry for your luck. Looks like you're going to have to repair them. That was not a very good thing. I felt my realtor wasn't acting in my behalf. And then guess what happened? The very next day after they told me, you're on your own to deal with the broken appliances, I get an email with a survey wanting to see if I can give them a five-star rating. I didn't fill out that survey either. Hmm, I wonder why. I have some really good stories along the way too, and uh, not just negative ones. And there are really good customer service stories out there. Here's an example, like I've got this window cleaning company. They came out to our place last summer, did a great job. I was so happy with them. I mean, these guys came in, it was absolutely great. Only problem is when they left, I discovered a little dent on my freezer in the garage. Looks like one of their fellows had climbed up on the freezer and was using it to access the window. I don't blame them because our freezer's partly in front of the window. They probably couldn't get a ladder back there. No big deal. Only problem was was that it was bent on the side and the seal wasn't closing now and I really couldn't have a freezer without a proper seal on the side of it. So I called the owner, let them know what had happened, and he was so apologetic. He's like, I feel so bad. If you have to go buy a new freezer, you just let me know and I'm going to come and pay for it. I'm like, oh, no, no, I'm not looking for a new freezer. This thing was older. I just was calling him more because I felt they should know, don't be stepping on people's freezers. It's not a good idea. But he totally stood up to the plate and he said, I will be there and I will get you that freezer if you need one. He also offered to give us half price on a window cleaning. Well, the good news is I didn't have to take him up on either offer. My partner got out a little rubber hammer and with a little bit of work and maneuvering, he was able to fix that freezer top. He got it bent, well, pretty much back into shape. There's still a few little vents in there, but I don't really care. It's an old freezer out in the garage. As long as it's sealed, that's all that mattered to me. So we got it fixed and I called back the owner of the window business and I said, hey, don't worry about it. We were able to fix the freezer. He was so happy, but he said, you know what? I'm still going to give you half price on your next window cleaning. I said, don't worry about it. We'll just get you back in the spring. Coincidentally, the owner of the window cleaning business contacted me by phone just earlier this week and he said he was coming out and wanted to know if I wanted to get a free window cleaning in the next month. I didn't take him up on it. No, actually, I'll bring him back to the house, absolutely, but I will pay his bill in full. I don't expect any discount on it. We were able to fix the freezer. It didn't cost us anything. And, you know, I could have been a real jerk. I could have taken advantage of him. I could have got a free freezer out of it. I could have got a free window cleaning. But why? Really? Why do that to him? He's a small business owner. He's an honest man. And he has integrity. So, if anything, I wanted to work harder with him because I love it when you deal with people like that. And I told him that. I said... I am not going to take anything for free on this one. And we booked our service. He'll be back in a month and a half. And he was so happy. I don't think he expected that. I suppose as much as I get frustrated that sometimes it feels like you're fighting for what's right, 
I'm sure for some of these businesses, it must get tiring to sometimes have people on the opposite side that are always there with their hands out looking for discounts for every little thing. So it kind of makes me feel good if they can see that I am actually a very honest person and I wouldn't take advantage of that. I've had really good luck too with a grocery store in our area and I think I talked about that on a previous podcast. You know, these guys are so great. In fact, their customer service is so good that I actually called their manager one day simply to tell him that. I still remember that, you know, putting the call through to him and I could hear it in his voice on the other side. He's probably going, "Uh uh-oh, you know, somebody's asking to speak to the manager. All I wanted to say was, you have the best staff. I love these guys. Every time I come into your store, they're polite, they're friendly, they're courteous, they're on the ball. I like these guys. I just wanted to call and tell you that. Hmm, I think that made his day. And you know what? I continued shopping there, and especially during the pandemic, I was doing a lot of curbside pickup with these guys. One day I go there, and there's roses on top of all my groceries. And it's from all the gals that are working in the curbside pickup. And they had put together and got me this nice bundle of roses. And they said they just wanted to thank me because I'm always being so polite to them. Hmm, what a nice gesture. And you know, if that company sends me a survey at any time, I will gladly fill it out. Absolutely. Because I've never had bad service there. Early on in my advertising career days, I actually attended a sales seminar over in Kelowna, British Columbia. It was a great seminar, and it talked a lot about presentation skills, sales skills, and a huge part of it was about client care and customer service. To me, this was a really good sales seminar. It wasn't all rah, 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 quota, 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 push your numbers, do this, do that. What they focused on in this seminar was how you presented yourself and how you treated people. And they talked about how the most caring people often are the ones that become top representatives in sales because if you care about the customer and you treat them well, they'll come back and you'll have repeat business and they'll spread the word and tell other people about it. People are being kind and caring. They will do well with customer service. Do they need to send you a survey after to find out if you enjoyed it? Not necessarily because you are, after all, going to come back again as a customer And if you have no need for their service after that, chances are you'll pass their name on to someone else. And if they want a testimonial because they're trying to build up their online presence or they need to have that to be able to bid on other jobs, most people don't mind being asked to give a testimonial. But if you don't get around to doing it, I don't think people should hound you for it. After all, if you felt like doing it, you would have done it. If you get one reminder, perhaps you forgot, not the end of the world, but to do like what happened to me with that one auto dealership where I was getting multiple texts and multiple emails crossed the boundary on asking for a testimonial. And this with a really funny story. (laughs) uh, I guess my point on this story is just that whenever you work in a business, you never know who you're going to run into or how you treat other people will reflect on your business. And this goes back to the old days when we didn't have all these testimonials and client service feedback. It was just basic day-to-day interactions. And I was working on the front desk in a law firm. Yeah, that was my first office job. 
got a call one day from a guy who was quite irate and he said that he had been calling a photocopy company non-stop. His copier wasn't working and he needed it for his business, but nobody was showing up to fix his copier. He was very upset. He said, I have a contract with this company and I should be getting a repairman out the same day. It has been days and days, he says, and nobody will return my call. Hmm, he was very upset. I understood that and I said, you know, I don't have anyone to help you right now, but if I can take your name and number, I'll gladly get somebody to call you back. He was not happy. I don't want anybody calling me back. I want a copy repairman here and I want him here now, he said. I am tired of waiting and this is a breach of my contract. You know, I'm tired of this. I have a contract and I expect people to abide by the contract. Well, good thing he called our place because it was a law firm that dealt with contract law. Anyway, he went on getting mad. Finally, I said, sir, I'm going to have to get a lawyer to call you back. And he screams at me, I don't want a lawyer, I want a photocopy repair man. I'm like, well, you've called a law firm. Oh, it's silence on the other end. He goes, I called a law firm? Oh no, I thought I called the photocopy repair place. I'm so sorry. What's your name? What's your name? I'm going to send you flowers. He's all apologetic. We ended up actually both having a laugh on the phone call. It all ended up on good terms, even though he'd taken up quite a bit of my time. Hung up the phone and guess what? The very next day, a dozen red roses arrived for me. Yeah, I seem to be lucky in the rose department sometimes. He was genuinely sorry that he had yelled at me on the phone. I really liked the roses and I actually kind of liked that man. He was kind of funny. He was an older gentleman on the other side and I thought he was a little bit hilarious. I never did expect to get those roses. But you know what it did do is it left a good impression with me for who he was. Because had he not done that and had he yelled at me the way that he had, I would have remembered that with his business. And it wouldn't have mattered how many surveys or client questionnaires you sent out. I would have never set foot in his business if he hadn't made amends after yelling at me like that. He did the right thing. So what you do and how you treat people in your business reflects on you. And it doesn't matter how many surveys that you can send out, how many questionnaires, if you don't treat people right, you're not going to get that five star on it. And if somebody doesn't respond to the survey, don't hound them. It's inappropriate because it's supposed to be about the customer and customer care. It's not all about you. So <laughs> I have to throw this in and on a very final note. Did you know that I have a reviews page up on my website? Yeah, I put it on there. And I figure I'm just lucky if anybody puts a nice positive review out there for me. After all, this is me, Lindy, retired Grammy, doing the podcast. And I've had a couple nice reviews on there and they've certainly made my day and given me the energy to keep going with this podcast. And I'll throw it out there. If there's something that you don't like, don't hesitate to reach out to me. I mean, I do have a website where you can reach me. It's at www.lindysaudiocafe.com. There is a contact page for me on there. And actually on my website, there's a little teeny icon on every page with a microphone. It's on the right side of the page and you can click on that to send me a voicemail as well too. So that's a couple ways you can get a hold of me. And uh, if I get a five-star review, I'm laughing. I'm going to be really happy. And if I don't, oh well, I guess Ozzy's going to fire me. <laughs> 
Anyway, I just want to thank you so much for coming by today. I hope everybody has a great day. Thanks so much for listening to my long stories here. And remember, as you head out there this week, smiles do come in all languages and in all colors. Treat customers fairly. Is that really too much to be asked? Treat people like you would like to be treated. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to click like and share it so others can enjoy it also. Join the Lindy's Audio Cafe podcast group for updates. Oh, and positive reviews are always welcome as well. (laughs) Check the show notes for updated links. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.